Good morning. This is Mike with FlexDeckPlayingCards.com, reading the Capitol Reef National Park article from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, and website to go to for the questions, not the answers. For the answers, I encourage you to support your local library. History. Native Americans and Mormons. Fremont culture Native Americans lived near the perennial Fremont River in the northern part of the Capitol Reef water pocket fold around the year 1000. They irrigated crops of lentils, maize, and squash, and stored their grain in stone granaries, in part made from the numerous black basalt boulders that littered the area. In the 13th century, all of the Native American cultures in this area underwent sudden change, likely due to a long drought. The Fremont settlements and fields were abandoned. Many years after the Fremont left, Paiutes moved into the area. These Numic-speaking people named the Fremont granaries Moki huts and thought they were the homes of a race of tiny people, or Moki. In 1872, Alan H. Thompson, a surveyor attached to the United States Army Major John Wesley Powell's expedition, crossed the water pocket fold while exploring the area. Geologist Clarence Dutton later spent several summers studying the area's geology. None of these expeditions explored the water pocket fold to any great extent, however. It was, as now, incredibly rugged and forbidding. Following the American Civil War, officials of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Salt Lake City sought to establish missions in the remotest niches of the Intermountain West. In 1866, a quasi-military expedition of Mormons in pursuit of natives penetrated the high valleys to the west. In the 1870s, settlers moved into these valleys, eventually establishing Loa, Fremont, Lyman, Bicknell, and Torrey. Mormons settled the Fremont River Valley in the 1880s and established Junction, later renamed Fruta, Caneville, and Aldridge. Fruta prospered, Caneville barely survived, and Aldridge died. In addition to farming, lime was extracted from local limestone, and uranium was extracted early in the 20th century. In 1904, the first claim to a uranium mine in the area was staked. The resulting Euler mine in Grand Wash produced uranium ore. By 1920, the work was hard, but the life in Fruta was good. No more than 10 families at one time were sustained by the fertile floodplain of the Fremont River, and the land changed ownership over the years. The area remained isolated. The community was later abandoned, and later still some buildings were restored by the National Park Service. Kilns once used to produce lime can still be seen in Sulphur Creek and near the campgrounds on Scenic Drive. Early Protection Efforts Local Ephraim Portman Pechtel organized a quote-unquote booster club in Torrey in 1921. Pechtel pressed a promotional campaign, furnishing stories to be sent to periodicals and newspapers. In his efforts, he was increasingly aided by his brother-in-law, Joseph S. Hickman, who was Wayne County High School principal. In 1924, Hickman extended community involvement in the promotional effort by organizing a Wayne County-wide Wayne Wonderland Club. That same year, the educator was elected to the Utah State Legislature.
1933, Pechtel was elected to the presidency of the Associated Civics Club of Southern Utah, successor to the Wayne Wonderland Club. The club raised $150 U.S. to interest a Salt Lake City photographer in taking a series of promotional photographs. For several years, the photographer, J.E. Brodus, traveled and lectured on quote-unquote Wayne Wonderland. In 1933, Pechtel himself was elected to the legislature and almost immediately contacted President Franklin D. Roosevelt and asked for the creation of quote, Wayne Wonderland National Monument, end quote, out of the federal lands comprising the bulk of the Capitol Reef area. Federal agencies began a feasibility study and boundary assessment. Meanwhile, Pechtel not only guided the government investigators on numerous trips, but escorted an increasing number of visitors. The lectures of Brodus were having an effect. President Roosevelt signed a proclamation creating Capitol Reef National Monument on August 2, 1937. In Proclamation 2246, President Roosevelt set aside 37,711 acres of the Capitol Reef area. This comprised an area extending about two miles, or three kilometers, north of present State Route 24, and about 10 miles, or 16 kilometers south, just past Capitol Gorge. The Great Depression years were lean ones for the National Park Service, or NPS, the new administering agency. Funds for the administration of Capitol Reef were non-existent. It would be long before the first rangers would arrive. Administration of the Monument Administration of the new monument was placed under the control of Zion National Park. A stone ranger cabin and the Sulphur Creek Bridge were built, and some roadwork was performed by the Civilian Conservation Corps and the Works Progress Administration. Historian and printer Charles Kelly came to know NPS officials at Zion well and volunteered to quote-unquote watchdog the park for the NPS. Kelly was officially appointed custodian without pay in 1943. He was to work as a volunteer until 1950 when the NPS offered him a civil service appointment as the first superintendent. During the 1950s, Kelly was deeply troubled by NPS management exceeding the demands of the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission that Capitol Reef National Monument be opened to uranium prospecting. He felt that the decision had been a mistake and destructive of the long-term national interest. As it turned out, there was not enough ore in the monument to be worth mining. It was not until 1958 that Kelly got additional permanent help in protecting the monument and enforcing regulations. Park Ranger Grant Clark transferred from Zion. The year Clark arrived, 56,000 visitors came to the park, and quote-unquote Charlie Kelly retired for the last time full of years and experiences. During the 1960s, under the program name Mission 66, NPS areas nationwide received new facilities to meet the demand of mushrooming park visitation. At Capitol Reef, a 53-site campground, at Fruta, staff rental housing, and a new visitor center were built, the latter opening in 1966. Visitation climbed dramatically after the paved, all-weather State Route 24 was built in 1962 through the Fremont River Canyon near Fruta. State Route 24 replaced the narrow Capitol Gorge Wagon Road, 
about 10 miles, or 16 kilometers to the south, that frequently washed out. The old road has since only been open to foot traffic. In 1967, 146,598 persons visited the park. The staff was also growing. During the 1960s, the NPS proceeded to purchase private land parcels at Fruta and Pleasant Creek. Almost all private property passed into public ownership on a, quote, willing buyer, willing seller, end quote, basis. Preservationists convinced President Lyndon B. Johnson to set aside an enormous area of public lands in 1968, just before he left office. In Presidential Proclamation 3888, an additional 215,056 acres were placed under NPS control. By 1970, Capitol Reef National Monument comprised 254,251 acres and sprawled southeast from Thousand Lake Mountain almost to the Colorado River. The action was controversial locally, and NPS staffing at the monument was inadequate to properly manage the additional land. National Park Status The vast enlargement of the monument and diversification of the scenic resources soon raised another issue, whether Capitol Reef should be a national park rather than a monument. Two bills were introduced into the United States Congress. A House Bill, H.R. 17152, introduced by Utah Congressman Lawrence J. Burton, called for a 180,000-acre national park and an adjunct 48,000-acre national recreation area where multiple use, including grazing, could continue indefinitely. In the United States Senate, meanwhile, Senate Bill S-531 had already passed on July 1, 1970, and provided for a 230,000-acre national park alone. The bill called for a 25-year phase-out of grazing. In September 1970, United States Department of Interior officials told a House subcommittee session that they preferred about 254,000 acres be set aside as a national park. They also recommended that the grazing phase-out period be 10 years, rather than 25. They did not favor the adjunct recreation area. It was not until 1971 that congressional action was completed. By then, the 92nd United States Congress was in session, and S-531 had languished. A new bill, S-29, was introduced in the Senate by Senator Frank E. Moss of Utah, and was essentially the same as the defunct S-531, except for that it called for an additional 10,834 acres of public lands for the Capitol Reef National Park. In the House, Utah Representative K. Gunn McKay, with Representative Lloyd, had introduced H.R. 9053 to replace the dead H.R. 17152. This time around, the House bill dropped the concept of an adjunct Capitol Reef National Recreation Area and adopted the Senate concept of a 25-year limit on continued grazing. The Department of Interior was still recommending a national park of 254,368 acres and a 10-year limit for grazing phase-out. S-29 passed the Senate in June and was sent to the House. The House subsequently dropped its own bill and passed the Senate version with an amendment. Because the Senate was not in agreement with the House amendment, Differences were worked out in conference committee.
the conference committee issued their agreeing report on November 30, 1971. The legislation, quote, an act to establish the Capitol Reef National Park in the state of Utah, end quote, became public law 92-207 when it was signed by President Richard Nixon on December 18, 1971. Well, that'll make this that for now. This is Mike with FlexDuckPlayingCards.com. As always, thank you for listening. My apologies for any mistakes or mispronunciations that I may have made. The words are not my own. This is just a reading of Wikipedia. Thanks again. Have a great day.